Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a bitterly cold edition of I Don't Know History, featuring me, Alex, and my friend RJ. Hello. RJ's wearing a great big blue coat I am that he bought in Norway. Yes. RJ, I, can I, you name me a Norwegian king? That's your answer. Anyway, today on I Don't Know History, um, I was uh, reticent to include this in the um, the episode list for this particular season because uh, it's I, I hate it. I hate this topic because it's so long and arduous. Um, well, you make me. You're making me do the quiz. I wanted RJ to do a quiz because of you know for the lols basically, and uh, he insisted that if I had to do a quiz, I had to do this particular topic. Yeah. RJ, what are we doing today? We are doing the. The Hundred Years' War. The Hundred Years' War. This could be a long podcast because the Hundred Years' War was a particularly long period of history and a lot of stuff happened in it. RJ, tell me something you know about the Hundred Years' War. I know absolutely nothing. Go on, it lasted a hundred years across, I believe, three generations. What was it? Um, something about France. So you're telling me, if I say it was a war that lasted over a hundred years, would you be happy to confirm that? Yes. You're wrong. Oh, did it last... 90 years, no. and they keep rounding up or something. Okay, so the Hundred Years' <laughs> War is... It's not really one hundred-year-long war. Okay. Um, the was phrase, it a war that started 50 years and then took a break and then started up again? Basically, yeah. <laughs> the, it, it's, it's used by historians to... Just, the phrase is used by, used by historians to describe a period comprising three separate wars yep. waged over the course of about 120 years. Cool. Um, they were fought over. They all fought over the same thing. Yeah. Um, do you know what that is? No. It is the English claim on the French throne. Oh. So the Hundred Years' War, or the period the Hundred Years' War lasted from 1337 to 1453. Wait, is this the one that D- is Napoleon in? This- no, Napoleon was after this. Okay. After this, you also have the War of the Roses, you have the Napoleonic Wars, and then the 20th century. <laughs> Uh, that background noise you might be hearing, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, is a space heater that we have. Hopefully I, sh- I can edit it out. Well, fingers um, crossed. Another thing that you might be able to hear in this episode is our sul- sultry tones. Uh, because we are now in the Podmage studio as a full-time. And the uh, wind but as well. The, the big problem about this is that we've started it on a week where the beast from the east is uh, currently taking place. It's mega cold. It is seriously cold. Cardiff is getting hit by brutal snow tonight. Apparently. Um, apparently. But, I never trust hey, you saw the map, much. though. You saw the map. Yeah, I the saw whole the map. of Wales is covered in snow well, come yes. 12 tomorrow. Well, before the 1400s, people thought there wasn't another continent on the map, so you can't necessarily believe it. Also, Mercator projections are very wrong. So, Yeah, but Derek the weatherman's worried, and that's, I think, I think when he's worried, we should all be worried. <laughs> anyway, RJ, the Hundred Years' War. When did it start? Um... I don't know. I literally shared this information with you about um, 90 seconds ago. <laughs> hey, man. I don't know history. <laughs> well, hopefully after this you'll know a little bit more. Right, so in order to... Before we jump dive, like headfirst into the Hundred Years' War, I need yes. to give you a teeny-weeny little bit of backstory. Teeny little weeny. So, as you know, in... As I've mentioned in various other podcasts, so the Tudor episode, yes. everyone's related to everyone. Yes. Everyone has a claim on everyone else's throne. Yes. Right? That's where a lot of this is going to start. So, we need to go back to 1316. I was was expecting 1066. I was like, throwback! Oh, we will mention that. Oh, shit. To, we're going to bounce around, the the, the prologue, we're going to bounce around the 
the first, the second millennium a little bit. Oh, like, and a, then fun, we will grow uh, like a fun TV show yes. that decides to bounce around the We years. need to go back to the French king Louis X of the Capet dynasty. Mm-hmm. Or Capet. I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce it. Okay. He died in 1316. Yes. His son, King John of France, right? Okay. It's not John, it's Jean. But Jean. Yeah, we anglicize it for, for ease of pronunciation. King John I, he died a few days later, leaving only a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Count of Poitiers. The one thing that I do remember about the whole like, uh, daughter situation is yeah. that they don't actually have a claim to the throne. It has to be a son, which is why it ends up going elsewhere, typically. Am I correct? Com- more com- I haven't taught you that, but yes, that's correct. No, you did. It was in the 1066 episode, I'm pretty sure. When Daughters only have a claim to the throne if there are no sons. Um, no, but wasn't there a thing about when there are no sons anyway? Um, or was it to do with bastard children? Bastard, yes. Yeah, bastard girls. Well, they're not even called bastards. They they get zero claim to the throne they have anyway. At all. Uh, so that's why Whereas, everyone's I mean, like, male, oh, have ma- a claim to male the bastards throne. shouldn't have a claim to the throne, but they do. Do, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, because they can rally armies. Anyway, so. His son, King John of France, died a few days later, leaving only a daughter. The Count okay. of Poitiers, who was um, Louis X's brother, asserted that women should not be allowed to rule. Yes. And through his politicking, ascended the French throne. Yes. And became Philippe V. Philip V. Yes. Um, now, <laughs> ironically... Uh, Philip died, leaving only a daughter in 1322, <laughs> and therefore his bloodline cannot continue. So his brother, wah, wah. Uh, Charles IV, Charles IV, I won't do that for every king, don't worry. Charles IV uh, also died sonless in 1328, yep. um, leaving only their sister, Isabella. Now, something interesting about Isabella, RJ, not only was she the wife of, not the wife, the sister of the King of France, she was also the Queen of England. Oh. Yeah, she was married to King Edward II, Edward of the House Plantagenet. Okay. Do you remember I said that before and you said it sounded like a vegetable? Yeah, no, I was, I was just thinking once again. Sounds like a vegetable. The House of Plantagenet. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1328, when Charles IV died, her son Edward III was King of England. Okay. Um, she claimed he was, by right, King of France as the oldest or the closest living male relative. However, the French rejected his claim. Because Why? as Isabella had no right to rule okay. based on the law of 1316, mm-hmm. she had no power to transfer her right to rule to her son. Which means oh. her future heirs have no claim to that throne. That's weird, being like a ruler in one country and being the ruler of another, but not being the ruler of another. It's like a weird, weird yeah. mix. Yeah, that is, that is uh, slightly strange. However, Charles IV's cousin, Philip of Valois, after... Well, after Charles IV died, yes, Philip of Valois ascended the throne and mm-hmm. became King Philip VI. Okay. He began the House of Valois. Um, so, for a while, it was, it was pretty much all good. In the hood. Yeah, it was pretty much all good. Nine years passed, and England accepted the Valois claim. Mm-hmm. But in 1337, Philip decided to confiscate Edward III's lands in France prompting Edward to once again press his claim as the King of England. Now, throughout the 11th century, the English crown had held lands in France. Yes. We're going to take you back 
a long time to episode two of the podcast, Sajay. Episode two. Episode two. Which was the Tudors? No, that's no, episode... Th- the Battle of Hastings. There we go. Wait, episode one was World War One. World War Two. Well, no, I'm getting some... I'm, I'm even getting my own history incorrect <laughs> now. They're all, yes. They all blur into one. 1066. Yeah. William, Duke of Normandy, yep. ascends the English throne. I remember this. He doesn't give up his claims to Normandy. He's still the Duke of Normandy. And it creates an odd um, power dynamic in that William the Conqueror is king. He's the king of a neighboring country of France, but he also holds lands as the Duke of Normandy in France, while he is uh, beholden as a vassal to the king of France. (laughs) Is that our door? That is our door. That is our door. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's a bit windy, as as you said. Hopefully it won't disturb the podcast too much. Well, it's it's just like... It's meant for the aesthetic, isn't it? The, the Everything's kicking off over in the East, over in, you know, Normandy and France. And it's yeah. just all, you know, yeah, it's all kicking off. It's just atmospheric. So William the Conqueror was also Duke of Normandy. Yeah. And it, like, as I said, it's a strange power dynamic because he's King of England. He's also a vassal of the King of France, <laughs> meaning that he is beholden to his whims as the Duke of Normandy. Yeah. So if he says, oh, I, I need an army, William the Conqueror... Technically, has to go. Uh, yep, here you go. Have have an army. Now, this got even the the English uh, continental claims got even greater when Henry the Second. This is further down the line. Okay. Married a lady called Eleanor of Aquitaine. Now, Aquitaine is an area in Western France. That sounds like a drink. Aquitaine sounds good. It does it sounds like it. a peachy water drink? Well, like, you can get it in peach flavor or, like... Lemon lime. Yeah. Yeah, just nothing... Because it's aquatine. It it sounds more... You wouldn't get it in apple or strawberry. They're, like, cliche kind of water-based drinks. (laughs) Guacamole. (laughs) Guacamole-flavored water. Coconut. It would be... There would be coconut. Yeah, of course there would. Coconut's good, though. Continue. (laughs) Eleanor of Aquitaine had been the Queen of France when she married... Uh, Louis the Seventh, King Louis the Seventh, but but they had <laughs> Louis the Seventh, the bastard that he was, annulled their marriage after she produced no sons. So she went and she she had her own claims. She had claims on the Duchy of Aquitaine. She was the Duchess of Aquitaine. So she she owned those lands. Yes. Thus, Henry the Second and therefore the English throne acquired the lands of Aquitaine. And control a large portion of France, yeah. not just Normandy, but also Aquitaine. She's it's quite a sizable. That's a big chunk. Yeah, it's, it's a sizable. It's chunk not of France. something you can ignore. No. By the time Edward III Plantagenet had ascended the throne, the French throne had seized much of this land. Now, obviously, um, the king, the king of France, as the king of France, can seize back lands from his vassals if he so chooses. Now, they had been doing this to sort of check the English power on the continent to make sure they didn't get too strong and potentially. Take over France. Yeah. Uh, leaving Edward III with only power struggle. Gascony. Yeah. Gascony is an area in southwestern France. It is a part of what was called Aquitaine. Um, it's a, but it's a much smaller region. It's starting to sound like a water park to me now. Gascony? No, Aquitaine. Because it sounds like entertain. Okay. Aqua? Sounds like a really bad Very pun. good, very good. <laughs> this, this, this act of taking away his uh, land in France... Uh, caused a lot of friction between the English and the French, as you would expect, or the English and French thrones, certainly. Mm-hmm. The English and French sort of peasants <laughs> didn't, had no idea what was going on. They didn't care. Just, uh... 
Uh, Edward III did relent, though. He, he was the bigger man. And he was like, okay, you know what, fine. I will give homage to the King of France, Philip VI, at this point. Yeah. Whatever. Now, another turning point was that. Philip VI, not a turning point, a reason for, the, for this war starting. Philip VI amassed a huge navy to sail to the Holy Land on a crusade. Okay. It was a very ambitious plan, which was aborted, and the French navy was moved to the English Channel. Mm-hmm. Which, as you can imagine, not gets not some English people's backs up. What you doing? I mean, the the English people. It is our water been... as well. You cannot own the water. And for example, w- and the, the British like, people. Yeah, yeah. So you can. I'll do. I'll do an offensive act on my own. But that's the that thing. Way. The British people are so like, we we can do whatever we want. And then if it was the other way around, we'd be like, what? What do you do? Oh, walls, walls. We're gonna build a wall. We're gonna. And Mexico is gonna pay for it. Pay for it all. Where's the political bill? Edward sent ambassadors <laughs> to, to France there is a to discuss this potential is. crisis. Yes. Say, hey, look, I'm going to send my guys over. You need to meet them and say how we're going to deal with you having your navy in the, in the, in the channel. Yeah. Um, King Philip refused to meet them. Uh-huh. Uh, English troops in Gascony, the English holdings, also did not respond to a call to arms by the French throne. The French throne went, I need, I need to raise some troops for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And the English troops in Gascony, as... Uh, as vassals of the French throne yeah, uh, were in breach of their duties as a vassal by not responding to the call to arms. So Philip decreed that Edward III, the king of England, as yeah. his vassal in France, um, was in breach of his duties as a vassal and demanded confiscation of English la- all English lands in France. Edward III responded by reasserting his claim on the French throne. Oh, shit. And thus begins the war of 1337 to 1360. Oh, so they're all like cut up that yes. way. They okay. either called the uh, phases, they're called. Which, okay, so yeah. um, I think this is a good point to bring it up, not in like any political fashion, but we've been on and off again with wars, well, for a hundred years again now. We went from World War One to World War Two to the Cold War uh, to well, Falklands to... Uh, I mean, you can take a look at the Af- uh, Afghan- uh, Afghanistan war now. Um, the Hundred Years' War was in... the last war that was fought outside of the national interest. Okay. If you like. Um, it was just the king going, I kind of want to rule France as well. Oh, Which think of every, okay. every other war. The War of the Roses was a civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, the English Civil War in the 17th century was a civil war. Um, world War One and World War Two, very obviously. Yeah. Uh, colonialism was bad, but it served the national interest. Mm-hmm. As far as e- economizing and stuff goes, the world interest was at stake in World War One and World War Two, and British interest because, you know, what if the Germans invade? Yeah, That's what they're thinking. Uh, the Falklands was an invasion of our territory. Afghanistan was a threat to the the freedom of the world. So yeah, no, I just find it interesting because you, you're bringing up the fact that there be, there were multiple wars in that uh, in that period of time. So I wasn't sure if you, uh, if now would be another reflection of that in the sense of um even though that they're not 100 percent completely related um which i'm not even sure about with the 100 the the war of the roses um no that's not related it's, no, war it's of in the, some uh, ways related to wait, this, but not really uh, yeah the 100 years um because say like obviously wars were fought differently yeah. back then mm-hmm. we can kind of just sit back and use either technology or just announce people to go do it well well, then again it's, you announce people to go do that back then as well just that's why wars were short 
This phase of the Guns. Hundred Years' War lasted 23 years. That's a long war. Yeah. Whereas now well, it's well, like... Well, World War Two lasted six years. That's... World War One lasted four. That's less than a president doing two terms. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, and that's is. only one year extra than a prime minister serving in the UK. That's yeah, you're right. so weird. It's not a long time at all. I... That's me doing school in the first year of college. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Like, yeah, it, when you sum yeah. it up like that, you know it's like a massive deal, and it was huge. I'm Whereas not undermining that at this all. This phase of the Hundred Years' War is as... How old are you? I'm 23. Yeah, it lasted 24, 23 years. I'm 24 next so week. So if it started next week. if it started when you were born, it would be ending now. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how wars work, because and there was no technology. What about the amount of casualties uh, in the sense of... Le- less. Of, Considerably, there were less people in general. I mean, you can take a look and say, like, well, I'm not getting political again, but I'm just saying, like, you take a look in those six years um, of setting. Well, any war that we've had in the past 100 years, the casualties have been bigger than that. Oh, well, it all comes down to technology. Uh, how many it, people can you mow down with a techni- machine gun exactly. in 10 seconds versus how many people you can kill with a sword? But One. Over, but over 23 years as well that is another thing like you have 23 years to kill no i'm not saying go kill as many people as possible in 23 years but the casualties would be still high you, you could argue that the hundred years war was something of a cold war as well while there was fighting between yeah. between each other it was a it was a period of political and military tension mm-hmm. between two states that did not get on really yeah um now while some people would argue that the pieces were ceasefires and the, the, it's the same war that never really ended. Yeah. And you could argue that. But it's just easier to break it down into three <laughs> wars, I think, for this particular Fetus. Fetus. podcast. So, the Edwardian phase, it's called, mm-hmm. uh, began with a period of English naval dominance. The French fleet that was assembled in the Channel was absolutely destroyed by the English Navy. Hence, rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. <laughs> That's not why that song was written for, but you think about it, England's uh, England's Navy has always been particularly strong. And control of the channel was taken by the England, who who retained it until the war ended. Now, when I say the war, I mean the war of 1337 to 1360, not the Hundred Years' War. Okay. Uh, During this conflict, the War of uh, Breton Succession happened in 1341. So that's Brittany, the very northwestern tip of France, began. The Duke of Brittany... hmm? Spears? The Duke of Brittany... Brittany Spears? Brittany Spears, yes. Was the war fought with Spears? Yeah, probably a little bit, yeah. In Brittany? Yeah. Brittany Spears. Okay. The Duke of Brittany died, and either side backed different claimants to the throne. So John de Montfort was backed by the English, and Charles of Blois was backed by the French. Yeah. Uh, while it's something of a proxy war, it was the biggest theatre of battle in the early stages of the war. Mm-hmm. And it's where the, most of the fighting began. In 1346, so we're skipping ahead about five years, which is, I think it's okay, seeing as this particular period covers 23 years, and the podcast will cover over 100. Yeah. Uh, English forces landed in northern France. I, yep. the, the French, I just don't think the French were ex- expecting this for some reason. They captured Cannes in one day. Not Cannes on the south coast, Cannes. C-A-E-N. Okay. They captured it in one day. That's, yeah? That's kind of the sort of thing you were expecting from Blitzkrieg in, the, in World War II. In the whole swords and shields warfare of the 14th century, you're Rome, not expecting them to take it in one day. And they took it. Rome wasn't built in a day, but you can take over Khan. You can take over Khan, yeah. 
the English and French armies attempted for a while to outmaneuver each other because that's what all the, that's what warfare was in these days. You had a big block of troops and you tried to move around each other. Um, as a heads up, until ever they met at the Battle of Crecy, where the French army, being poorly led, mm-hmm. were all but annihilated. Uh, by the way, if we ever make a T-shirt for yep. I don't know history, I want it to be. You, Rome wasn't built in a day, but you can take over Khan. <laughs> you can take over Khan in one day. Uh, Philip VI asked for support from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Do you remember I talked to you about the old alliance? Uh, still, yes. It was still going in the 16th century with Henry, at the time of Henry VIII. Okay. Scotland and France were buddies, based on their mutual hatred of England. I mean, that's kind of how the rest of the UK manages with England as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Good. Uh, but the Scottish contribution also failed miserably because of the, against the might of the English army, yeah. uh, leaving the English army free to march on and capture Calais in 1347, which Engl- England held until 1558, which is 100 years after the end of the Hundred Years' War. And, like, I don't know what the Scots were trying to do. Several times in these podcasts I've, I've mentioned the Scottish invasion of England and how it was rebuffed very easily. Yeah. And their king was captured... That's the second king I've mentioned that's been captured by English forces Mm -hmm. and forced to resign. So, yeah, (laughs) early stages of war, early skirmishes. It does make you feel like we are just repeating history sometimes when you think about stuff like this, like forced to resign. who do not learn from history are destined to repeat it. it. Which was the phrase we based this podcast around. Now, between 1348 and 1355, um, there was kind of a uh, pause of the war. Do you know why? Kind of uh, went on hold for a little bit. Was it weather? <laughs> it was not the weather. There is going to be some adverse weather conditions affecting this war. A wedding? It was not a wedding. For seven years. <laughs> it's the seven-year wedding. <laughs> um, I don't know. Someone married. I was just thinking someone married someone. No, and that RJ, put it, on pause. it was a little something called the Black Death. Oh, we're here now. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the first instance of bubonic plague. Uh, where where was the first out? Uh, where was the first outbreak? Because I can't remember this. Uh, it was in the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, I think. I'm not 100. Wait, sure it was it ravaged we'll have Europe. To, we'll have it's to very difficult to pinpoint because uh, historical records aren't, you know, of the war they are, but of where the where was the first outbreak of the Black Plague? No, the Black Death. Black Death. <laughs> He'll recognize it. I'll be fine. It's Google. It's recognizing because I'm so far. Recognizing, it's good to have electronic help. Plague in the uh, 1340. Killing a third of, killing a third of the human population. I didn't realize that because you see the number and you don't really think it's that much. Two thirds of the people in Paris died a black death. Oh my god! Can you just imagine if that just happened in the UK overnight? Like you'd be like, it wasn't overnight. I'm not saying overnight at all. What I mean is, in the like, course of seven years, yeah. Uh, like that's you, you think back and you go, "Wonder <laughs> you're complaining about how the pub is overpacked and the next you're like, it's oh, a bit quiet in you." Everyone's dead from plague. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. that's very sad, but at least I can oh. get served very quickly. Oh, another bartender died too. No. Oh. oh, the bar shut uh, actually. <laughs> we're not actually going to cover the Black Death in too much detail today. Uh, needless to say, it was a horrible plague spread by. Rats and fleas and awful germs, and it killed lots and lots and lots of people. Yeah. Um, and it kind of put the Hundred Years' War on hold for a sizable amount of time. In 1355, after England recovered financially from the horrors of the Black as Death. A, as, as just a quick one, it, it, it started in Asia. And was it, brought well, over. It, the, the first outbreak in Europe, that's what I was 
Yeah. Where did it come from? Yeah, I expect. Yeah, and then slowly came over that way. So I'm like, um, I, I can't find anything. Probably find it landed in Greece or... Italy yeah, that's or what I was going to say, around those, those regions, and then that's how it spread. But uh, I can't find anything currently. Yeah. Well, if you find something, Archie, do let us know. That's fine. So in 1355, after England recovered financially, Edward, the Black Prince, not King Edward. Okay. His son, Edward, the Black Prince. I will from now on refer to him as the Black Prince so that you can tell them apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Son of the king uh, Ravaged the southern French countryside Raiding and pillaging many French settlements Um, That's a lot of that happened In this this era of war as well You'd um, break the spirit Of the people and also Take their money so they couldn't pay tax And things like that Um, King Philip of France had died in I've written 1950 Not 1950, 1350 (laughs) And his son King John II managed to outflank the Black Prince's army. Okay. And However, was, yeah. King John was defeated and captured, leaving his son, the Dauphin, as he, uh, the Dauphin is the heir apparent to the French throne. Okay. It literally means dolphin. <laughs> the dolphin. The dolphin. To rule as regent. Just imagine yeah. a flipper, just in a gorgeous uh, crown. King John II's a, a, a cool guy. and uh, Yep. I, I quite like him. I'll tell you why in a minute. Um... Sensing the opportunity, Edward III invaded with another force. And no success in his siege of Reims. He wanted to besiege Reims and take it so that he could be coronated in Reims Cathedral, which is one of the biggest ones in the country. He held the siege for five weeks and was unsuccessful. He then moved on to Paris. Had little success there as well because it's just too big. Yep. And then he moved on to Chartres. Chartres. Which is close to Paris. Okay. Here's the weather bit I was going to tell you about. A freak hailstorm decimated his army. (laughs) <laughs> and on a day called Black Monday in 1360. How bad would the hail be to... What, did it kill them? Yeah, well... They, oh, would they, it be the cold know, more the cold than the maybe. hail? The hail, if, if they were the size of like a minivan, then yeah, maybe. Have we had hail like that? Probably not. It's a freak hailstorm. And yeah. Someone's telling me like that like, it could have been thick, like potentially stone-like hailstones. Well, you could, it's, it's wet then, as well, so they, it could have ruined all their food and supplies and then yeah. they've got nothing and they'll die of... Blight and cold and yeah, starvation. that's what I was imagining more than freak hailstorm and they all died. What <laughs> suddenly minivans coming a hailstorm the size of a bowling ball starts hitting yeah, you? Like, is that possible? Yeah. So when they were the pro- approached, by I don't the know French, history coming to you soon. <laughs> so when they were the, when they were approached by the French, who were also not doing particularly well in this stage of the war, um, they had to sign the peace. Yeah, like they had no choice almost. Otherwise, they'd have you know died. So. Peace. The first peace. The first peace. King John of France was still an English captive during this peace. Okay. The treaty signed at the end of the Edwardian War, the Treaty of Bretigny, I think it's called, set his ransom at three million crowns. I could not find an exchange rate for that, RJ, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Wait, so how many? Three million crowns. Crowns, is it? Three million crowns. The old currency, yeah. Okay. Uh, continue, I will yep. update you with this. However, the treaty did say that it allowed for hostages to be held in his stead. So they would release him, but they'd need other hostages. So two of his sons, several princes and nobles, and over 40 other important citizens were taken into English custody of prisoners of war to mm-hmm. allow the king to go back to France. Uh, John returned to France to try and raise funds to uh, pay his own ransom. But mm-hmm. his, in 1362, his selfish bastard of a son 
Louis of Anjou, escaped from his captivity in Calais, and King John felt honour bound to return to English captivity. He went, <laughs> oh, well, you don't have a hostage now. I'll, I'll, I'll go. So you can argue that as their king was captured, they had to pay a three million crown ransom, that the English won that stage of the war. But it was a peace and it was a ceasefire, so no one technically won. What would a, what would a crown be like... Like, would there be a translation of crown instead? Uh, yes, but I don't. I can't. I can't tell you. A corona. Crown <laughs> no. is like. Is it uh, two? If it was krona, then that would be Norwegian. Krona is Norwegian or Danish or yeah, it's Czech. A, or it, yeah, it's. Um, I know it's that. Uh, it's krona. medieval crowns. You want to call it medieval crown? Because I'm looking through and I'm finding there is literally a, like there's tons of them here. Yeah. Oh, it's an um, actual website called. You won't find it in a currency historical converter, currency converter. Okay. Where you can put in it's old, like how much it was in what year then. Yeah. And convert it to pounds now. Okay. It, I just need to figure out what the actual name of it would be. Uh, what was it? Uh, the cra- year. Thirteen sixty-two. Thirteen sixty-two. And I just need to carry on. I will work this out myself. Um, yeah, well, when his son Louis escaped, he was on a bound to return to English captivity. He died in 1364, a captive of the English. And his son Charles V ascended to the French throne. Oh. While I'm just doing that, I'd like to take a minute to talk to you about the uh, what you can do to support this podcast. You can subscribe and give us a rating, if you would so desire. Oh, <laughs> don't know if you caught that on the microphones. You probably did. That, that was, was a uh, piece of luggage falling over. Yes, a piece um, of luggage uh, in the garage. There is a, a suitcase, and I used it to keep the door shut. It's fallen off the door. It's very windy. If you're enjoying the podcast and you like the sound of my voice and RJ's voice, you can uh, check out all the other. Um, um, uh, excuse me. Check out all the other amazing podcasts produced by Podmage. Yes, and you can follow Podmage at Podmage on Twitter. Book club shall be coming out um, soon. Um, in the next week, hopefully. You said February. Um, I know I did. The last day of Blame February Tom at, to- at Doompidgeon, as in pigeon spelt with a D because he spelt it wrong when he was a kid. Um, and be like, where's my book club at, yo? Well, as a member of as a member of the Podmage team, technically Tom's my boss, so I'm not going to... Well, I am also your boss. We own it 50-50, so... Oh, did you? I if I'm that. telling you to insult the other boss, go for it, mate. Oh, it's a conflict of interest here. (laughs) Uh, Other podcasts you can listen to include The Rhyme Quest, hosted by the aforementioned Tom Stickler. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Did I say that? Uh, Tom Stickler. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's very fun. They're on episode six now, I think. I believe so. I think that just came out the other day. So... Um, They're also working on quite a lot of stuff over there. Uh, Alice, who is on Book Club as well, is... Working on some cool video stuff with it. Ooh, videos. Video stuff. I was thinking of doing a video edition of, I don't know, history. Oh, what? So around, we record uh, his, it live. The history of Cardiff. Okay. And we would go to these interesting locations and film. What That'd do you think fun. of that? That would be cool. That I actually sweet. wrote um, a treatment for a, a series called Treasures of Wales um, a few years ago uh, with my friend Davs, uh, who I said we should be should have been on the the Wales episode that we yeah. did, which was episode three. At least then I would have had someone who, would have, who was actually talking and not falling asleep. <laughs> that episode was really... I, I did... Well, I wasn't falling asleep. I was paying attention, but I was also like you closing my all, eyes a lot. You had to use all your energy to yeah. pay attention. Because I it literally was like closing my eyes and I was like, listen, listen. Oh, wait, my eyes are closed. <laughs> Andre, how long have we been recording for? Uh, we've currently been recording for only half an hour. 
you may fine. have to go two parts on this. No, 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 no. This is a penultimate episode before That's the quiz. True. That's true. And that quiz episode is probably not going to be an hour long anyway. That's true. So we can go long. Yeah. Oh, an extra special long podcast. Probably an hour and a half. I'll let you know. So, Archie, um, where were we? Uh, telling me how many crowns it was. Have you found it? Um, basically, I found roughly the currency that France was using near that time. Oh, no, England. Uh, what? England. England. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I want three million francs. I want... Um, I've got... Uh, UK's only got pounds on you. Is there a Great Britain option on here? Um, and we're, Oh, wait. Hang on. 16... Okay, that's as closest as I can get it for then. Um, in the year... Yep. And where... How many pounds would you... Like, how many... What would you say it was back then? What was the amount? Uh, it was it was uh, f- five shillings. F- wait, they gave five shillings in... Oh, no, one crown is five shillings. One crown is five shillings. 15 million shillings. 15 million... Ugh. And that, that's all I've needed to convert shillings to pounds. Okay, well... Uh, 15 I could have done this a lot easier. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why your shillings have to a pounds. difficulty. No, but you said crown... Uh, I don't understand British currency from back then. All right. Uh, I will work this out shortly. Uh, continue. Okay. <laughs> In 1369, RJ... Mm-hmm. Something called the Castilian Civil War erupted in northern Spain. Yes. Do you know what Castile is? Do I know what? Yeah. Do... Without me having said it's in northern Spain just a second ago. <sighs> Not really. It's like, in northern Spain. Remember, I don't really understand no history geography. Or geography. Uh, yes, I know okay. science. I so can give you science. Peter of Castile uh, fought against his brother Henry. Yes. In the Castilian Civil War. Uh, much like in the War of Bretonian Succession, England and France supported opposing claimants, plunging them into proxy war yet again. Um, over tax concerns, this is something else that happened. Edward the Black Prince was summoned to Paris by Charles V. Yes. The Black Prince said he would come to Paris with 60,000 men behind him, mm-hmm. which is a little bit warmongery. <laughs> so, war again. Now... This phase of the Hundred Years' War is referred to as the Caroline Phase. Okay. I don't know why. The Edwardian Phase makes sense because, you know, Edward, King Edward. Yes. The Third Phase makes sense. I'll tell you what that is when we get to it. But um, this one, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I didn't, uh, I didn't look it up, to be honest with you. Charles V declared all English possessions in France to be forfeited. Edward III resumed calling himself King of France, and by 1369, all of Aquitaine, the western province of France that England owns, was in open rebellion against Charles V. Yes. Now, the first uh, phase of the Hundred Years' War, the Edwardian phase, kind of went a bit better for everybody. Certainly England. It was, I go in, I fight, we kill, we take over things. It was great. The Caroline phase did not really go too well for anybody because they only had nine years of peace so um, there's a gentleman called John of Gaunt who is the brother of the king Yeah. no he's, he's the son of Edward III sorry he's the brother of Edward the Black Prince mm-hmm. he led a campaign in 1373 this is just like a microcosm of, of how, what this, war, this particular war was like uh, he marched south from Calais which was owned by the English he was initially successful against a really unconcentrated French troops 
Um, because they were just kind of scattered around. RJ's made a face. I think he knows the number. <clears throat> £157,579,096.21. £150 million. £157 million. That's million inflation averaged at 1.5% a year. It's probably more as well. Oh, I expect Because I, what I have to do, I have to bring yours up. And a, a pound is roughly a shit, like 20 shillings. Mm-hmm. So I had to then divide 15 million shillings down you going by medieval, 20. Are you going medieval crowns as well? What? Are you going like medieval crowns from the 1400s or, or the 1300s? I, I, I literally had to go on a bunch crowns of like still ex- Crowns existed in 1970. Yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's taken into account that as well. <laughs> it's taken so, into account 700 years of inflation. It's, <laughs> all we can say is that it's going to be, with the inflation included, it's going to be more than 150 million. Oh, it's a lot if of someone money. wants to correct us on that, please tweet yeah, us any at economists listening to, this, uh, listening to this podcast, well, any thank you for listening. Leave us a review. And also, yeah, correct our, yeah, correct our exchange rates. Yeah, because it's kind of hard to convert stuff from a currency that no longer exists and when you try and convert it back, they give you very generic, probably the most recent information yeah. on that currency. Who was I just talking about, RJ? Uh, you were talking about the north of Spain and something about that. Oh, you weren't listening at all, were you? Oh, I'm sorry. They're at war again already, right? John of Gaunt. Do you remember that name? Yeah, I, I you, heard you, you say recently John of Gaunt. John of Gaunt led a campaign in thir- south in 1373 from Calais. Yeah. Initially, he was successful against sort of scattered French forces because they weren't really expecting a war to happen so quickly. Okay. Um, he, they, they, but later on, they were outflanked and outmaneuvered and were surrounded with four French forces on one side and the river Allier on the other. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, we're all going to die. However, they managed to cross the river. It was not easy. But lost all their gold and all their supplies. Yeah. They continued to flee south against torrid weather, in which many men and many horses died. They're just they're in open retreat to the south of France now, where, they, where there's friendly territory. Soldiers were forced to abandon their armor. They're just men running through the fields now. <laughs> they eventually arrived in Bordeaux, in friendly territory, having lost 15 of the 30,000 horses they had set off with. Wait. 15 horses? 15,000 of the 30,000 horses. Is that really that I mean, it's not great when people when horses die anyway, but like, what did you expect? I just <laughs> want to say. Half like, of them, yeah, that's brutal. I just want to say that even though it was a complete military failure, yeah. like, fair play. Like, <laughs> you run across the whole of France being chased by a giant French army. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, go give it that. However, during this war as well, the Black Prince, the heir apparent, was in poor health. Yes. He died in 1376. Oh. Did he have sons? He did have sons. King Edward III also died the following year, 1377, succeeded by his grandson, the son of Edward the Black Prince. Finally, someone with a different name. So I don't have to <laughs> King Richard II. Yeah. He's not Richard the Lionheart. That's not the same guy. He's Richard II. This is the twat king that no one liked. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. Um, he was too young to rule. And normally when that happens, there's a regency. You pick someone to rule in his stead. It was likely going to be John of Gaunt. Okay. However, 
Can I, I just got to give it a quick little update. Um, I hit the wrong year in that one. I looked and I put um, sixteen hundred instead of thirteen hundred. Oh. So you want? To, <laughs> um, it's six hundred thirty-nine million six hundred fifty-five thousand two hundred thirty pounds and eleven pence, which is more than half a billion. Yep, just over half a billion pounds. That's still not enough to tackle um, America's debt. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's true. Or ours, for that matter. Our what? national debt's like one point three trillion. Shh, don't need to think about that. National debt is something that no one talks about. Anyway, yes, King Richard II. Then it's normally a regency. However, there wasn't a regency for some reason. It was kind of powers vested within various different kings, councils. Um, there were a lot of problems with Richard II's reign. He, they didn't really have a lot of money. They had run out of money quite soon into the war. Yeah, as all. All countries do. How often have I said you the war ended because yeah, they ran out of going money? back to say like um I mean you take a look at World War Two after that, it was yeah. like, Well, don't have money now. You yes. take a look back at World War One, like uh fr- France was like, Oh well, we got no money to fight a war. France well, bugger that. Yeah, they were and everyone was dead. Um, you know? See this I know history. Um along with what else? Um Battle of Hastings, wasn't it? There was like mm-hmm. there was like, Oh well out of cash now. And I remember you specifically saying the only way you could really judge how the economy was doing back then was how rich the king was. Mm. So I, I do listen, my friend. How rich the king was. <laughs> yeah, so they had lack of funds. Richard II was kind of unpopular as well. Yep. Um, there was a Scottish war in 1384 to 1385. The Scots, always the belligerents, you know. Oh, they were like, oh, let's have a referendum. Let's be uh, away from this. Let's get, let, we want to be part of the EU. Yeah. Ding. That did happen. Political bell. That Sorry. did happen. Right. Also, something that happened in the Second War was the loss of the English territory of Brittany, which they had before. Uh, the Earl of Buckingham, who will remain nameless, uh, attempted to help the Duke of Brittany, England's ally, because the French were invading. Yeah. Uh, but the Earl of the Duke of Brittany basically didn't give many troops, and <laughs> he faced <laughs> he, he turned up there, and the French were like there with his army twice the size. So the Earl of Buckingham faced potentially huge losses, and just went, "Yeah, nah, I'm, I'm off." So he left. And uh, Brittany became entirely under French rule because they said, uh, we'll give you... The, the, the Duke of Brittany went, or the Earl of Brit, The Duke of Brittany went, here's 50,000 francs, go home. <laughs> we want to be on the, on the French's side. That's how, I, that's how I feel every day in yeah. work. Just here's, like, can you, can, can you give me my, my hourly wage and I'll go home? Here's 50,000 francs, go home and we'll, we'll just be, we'll be French again. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in fact, English holdings in France have been reduced to Calais and Gascony. That's it. Yeah. Um, in northern France, have reduced to entirely Calais. So, Charles V died in 1380, as many kings did, spanned five generations. The Hundred Years' War. And there was a regency under Charles VI because Charles VI was too too widow. Oh. But the French also had their own problems during the Caroline War. Um, they had they had problems with taxes and the peasants peasants didn't want to pay tax because they were like we've just been paying so much increased tax because of this war which we assumed would be over but it's not yeah and the pace had largely slowed down in the war so it was kind of coming to a grinding halt yeah no one was enjoying it I mean no one enjoys war anyway but um, yeah so for the rest of the what's called the Caroline War for the rest of the 1380s it was mostly proxy wars again so sort of the Portuguese War of Independence was happening and they were fighting on opposite sides I think more because not because of their differences in ideology, but more because... Sorry, um, 
I just checked the weather update because I wanted to know how bad it was. It's currently minus four out, uh, but feels like minus 13, we're that's, being told. That's because of wind chill. I know. Uh, and the wind is coming in because I feel it on my feet. You bit. haven't. You probably haven't felt it as much because I only just stole the heater from you. Mm. But yeah, my feet are gone, mate. <laughs> uh, in 1388, Charles VI pursued peace with England. So we are at the second peace. How many pieces? Well, how many wars? Oh my god! I don't oh, fucking. I don't a hundred. <laughs> now, how many wars were there in the Hundred Years' War? Uh, seven. RJ, I said this at the beginning. I know, but you know I forget, like, small details Is like it because you listen? I do listen. I, You know I listen. I keep repeating stuff back to you, and I see a glimmer in your eye being like, oh, he listens. Yeah, and then I'm just like, yes, I listen. I just can't retain all this <laughs> well, information. Well, we'll see when I quiz you. You have to write this all down <laughs> to get it to me. All right. Fine. Three. There's three wars, so... <laughs> Two interstitial okay. pieces and one final one. Okay, so we're not far off the end then, really. Well, the, the last phase of the war was the longest. No, I get that, but we're, we're, at a, we're 45 minutes in, so I, I think we're not going to go too far over. Oh, that. we'll smash it, mate. Nice. Smash it. So, the second piece. Richard II, as I mentioned, was very unpopular. I can't get the smell of sesame oil out my nose, mate. <laughs> in my bag where I keep my notes, right? <laughs> I must, there was also like a box of Chinese food that I took home from where I was today, and I yeah. guess the sesame oil has leaked onto this particular page. All I can smell is, like, chow mein. That's fine. Oh, it's making me hungry for, like, takeaway now. I guess we'll take away after then. No, I've, I've eaten. What did I eat? I swear I ate. What did I... I've had ice cream. I've had a pan of chocolate. You've had ice cream? I had ice cream, But it's yeah. minus four, and it feels like minus 13. I am only cold. The cold never bothered me anyway. Richard II was very unpopular... And power was wrested from him yep. by many lords and noblemen. So he he wasn't really in charge that much. He kind of was disinterested in the war. He was just interested in like having a good time and making lots of money, which he didn't do. Um, when John of Gaunt, his, close, his uncle and closest advisor, died in 1399, John's son, John mm-hmm. of Gaunt's son Henry, Henry of Bolingbroke, rode to England from, I think he was in Spain. He deposed the unpopular Richard, becoming Henry IV. He just went, nah, I'm the king now. And everyone went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Everyone went, yes. No, it was more kind of like, yeah, you be king, mate. We don't like him. He's, he's lame. Yeah. And Richard was like, where are all my friends at? And they were like... <laughs> <laughs> just like, Who? It's like... <laughs> I imagine them sitting in the sit of the king talking to me like, let's, let's take a poll. Who wants Richard to be king? And like one you know, hand slowly gets raised. You know, in Friends, every single time Ross, like, everyone's like, okay, who likes Ross? Or they, they vote against Ross something. Ross, Ross is like... <laughs> that's him that's, that's Richard II yeah and Henry the, Henry the Fourth just goes right then I'm king oh something interesting in this, else happened in this piece uh, they were ra- raised by the Scots that's not it because um, the Scots raid the English all the time because of you know they hate each other yeah um, there were problems with a family called the Percys um, now the Percys uh, were uh, an influential family in the, in the English nobility yeah um, and they fought the crown for the control of northern England right um, there was a long and bloody struggle which ended with the destruction of the entire Percy family by 1408. So basically, an entire, an entire family went, oh, yeah, we, we don't really like the king. Can we, can we have control of, of the north of England? And they went, no, you all have to die. They're really, like, 
the whole family is like against something. Yep. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's it's that's the way the families worked. It was like the yeah. the. I can't think of any names right now, but there's several it's families, okay. so they all have uh, influential power in the at court. Oh, did you is. forget something about history that you used to know and then kind of it, it went from your head? It's almost as like there's a lot of information to retain. Yeah, you're right, but I do a lot better than you. Yeah, I get that, but in you studied it! In 1400, guess what happened? Murder! Guess what happened? Death on the Orient Express! It's <laughs> not the title of a film. Murder on the Orient Express. No, that was in the... <laughs> 19th century. Um, it was a Hitler revolt, rose to power. A revolt. The by Battle of Hastings. RJ, please. Uh, the king was deposed. Arj- yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, okay, so, do you remember in episode five, three, four, five, six, we talked about Wales? Uh, episode three, that is. Episode three. I'm pretty sure. Was it? No, it was Tudors. Was episode three? No, was episode three. Anyway, I'm sure. that, that episode was the King of Wales. Yes. Who did I miss out? What, what, what important man in Welsh history and culture did I miss out? Uh, oh, what ma- Okay, um, give me roughly the year then. 1400. 1400. Um, I'm not 100% sure then. Because I'm trying a, to think of famous... There like, is a pub Welsh. in Central Cardiff named after this gentleman. The Duke of Wellington? The Duke of Wellington? There's a pub called the Duke of Wellington! There's also a pub called the Owain Glendur. I don't know where that is. Oh, really? It's up by... <laughs> <laughs> it's up by the Burger King. Oh. You know, St. David's Hall. Oh, that one. I, yeah. never, I never anyway, go there. I never go there. I'm in sorry. Wales. Like, I was that close to being, like, the, the Prince of Wales. <laughs> yeah, he was named the Prince of Wales. Actually, I mean, there's, I two. Know, there's, a, there's, there's two. There's <laughs> uh, two. He was uh, named by his, by his Welsh brethren, the Prince of Wales. Yeah. Um, so Owain Glyndwr revolted against the English, yeah. and uh, it was the most serious and widespread revolt since uh, since who? The Goody Who? Llewellyn Ap Griffith. I thought we were still naming pubs then. Since Llewellyn Ap Griffith, remember okay. I talked to you about him in the um, 13th century. Yes. Now um, it only ended in 1415, and it resulted in this in semi-independence in Wales for a number of years. I'm okay. not going to go on too much about it. It's just this interesting little thing that happened because that that in itself is probably an, an episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that happened. Charles VI, the King of France, in 1392, descended into madness. Uh, that's fair he enough. He went mad. And it's because they're all inbred, probably. Um, <laughs> like, I want to know, you hear the phrase for old, um, like, just old England and yeah. old wars and just anything like that, any old royalty. Uh-huh. Uh, and you hear often, he went mad. And like, even in Shakespearean writing, you, you know see a lot of characters, they went mad. I and do it's not like, suspect it is a lot. What, what, what kind of mad are they talking about? Uh, syphilitic. Syphilitic. Oh, okay. When you have syphilis for long enough, it drives you mad. Everyone had syphilis. I mean, people didn't know what it was. Like. Everyone was banging everyone. He was the king. He had probably had mistresses all over the place. Yeah, it's likely that he had syphilis. He just didn't know it and went mad because that's what syphilis does. Yeah, that's my theory anyway. No, that's fair. <laughs> because I was just thinking, you, what bipolar about bipolar thinking about say like mental health in yeah. general? Because he would have had that. For, it, it's not a recent trend that is popular on Twitter. It's 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 something that people are aware of, yeah. but it's existed forever, obviously. Oh yeah. So I was just like. What, like, as you said, bipolar, that's, you know, I'm not saying he has bipolar. And completely saying... un- left untreated, he could have been, yeah. you know, and he's the king. 
Yeah. Oh, so someone, <laughs> the bipolar king. Can you? Oh. So someone goes. He I'm goes, not criticizing bipolar I, at all. I want but, a yeah. big, big old cheese sandwich, and they go, "Okay, king. No, I want to kill everyone." Okay. <laughs> you know. We're not making fun of bipolar, by the way. This is literally just you see how spoilt kings can be and how erratic behavior they already have. Throw on and disorder yeah, that can make you even more erratic. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed that kings can be emotional. extremely erratic, I mean, listen to yeah. his podcast, then you, you haven't been listening hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> we did a whole episode we, on Henry VIII we need and to, how mental he was. We need to talk about female royalty a bit more. We talk a lot about kings. Do you know there's been so few female monarchs? No, no, I, I, I get that. There's I, Queen Anne, I, um, Queen Mary, or William and Mary, Queen Mary, yeah. Queen Elizabeth, and then Queen Elizabeth, and, and Empress Matilda. There's five. Victoria. Okay, six. I missed out the longest reigning one. Victoria. I was about to be like, there's, there's, did you forget something about history? Six of them and like 400 English kings. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it's just, I don't know it's that it's the, we're leaving it out. It's just that that's the way that history has dictated. I wasn't saying that we were leaving how, it out. I'm just how saying. How women have been treated, do you know what I mean? For the we'll first the series. at some point as well. Yeah, no, um, I, I think we should get someone third party in uh, for that one. Someone who's yeah. a bit more maybe, uh, trained you know, on it. A maybe woman. a lady. Maybe a woman. <laughs> yeah. That would help. I think that would be a more sort of a, a nice side. Like I would special guest. I wouldn't necessarily want to do you know the civil rights movement mm-hmm. as a you know, white guy. <laughs> How um, we were discussing this uh, recently, just to I think taking a break yeah, now is, a, is a fair point again uh, because these podcasts are long and you know you want to retain your information, keep the flow going. Um, one thing that we were thinking about, uh, mainly from my side, Alex is a bit reluctant uh, about this idea is changing it from I don't know Less history now I've thought about it um, to I don't know um, we would have to start the podcast again just because of the way that the um, iTunes feeds work and not being able to change the direct feed uh, and even the feed for I don't know history is a bit broken anyway because it's um, it, it says too many listeners I don't, it's, <laughs> it's just too it's, many listeners man. shut it's, up uh, it's because of um, no it, as in we don't uh, appear in searches as quite often because our actual feed name is I don't know anything about history ah. so because that was the original name of the podcast yeah uh, if you listen to the first episode we even call it that in, in the first episode and so, we thought it was too much of a mouthful. Yeah, then, oh wait, ITK history. Um, so the idea would be, is it next season uh, technically would be the first season of a new podcast called I Don't Know, where we would talk about different topics. We'd still touch on history quite a lot, because there is uh, a decent chunk of history life. History is just is, ubiquitous is, and insidious. And yeah, um, but we'd be able to touch on things more recent, such as, say, like the rev- revolution of technology. Um, the growth of like we can even talk about Japan after World War Two, mm-hmm. after it got bombed, uh, America installed its um, it just its government infrastructure essentially yeah. uh, into Japan. Um, and you know they still how have an emperor. Technology, how its technology boomed. I do know this. They still have an emperor. Does nothing, but oh, no. I mean, an emperor hasn't really done anything in Japan for years. Yeah, anyway, like um, Japan is still an empire. Because it has an emperor. That's true. It's a constitutional. Wait, wait, wait we have a monarch anyway. We think that we're. Like, I'm not saying that we're an oh, emperor. Oh, yeah, but, but there's, just the there's fact. king and then there's emperor. Yeah, I think it would want to be Emperor RJ or King RJ. Emperor be Palpatine. Nah, see, now I'm off put by emperor just because when you hear emperor, you kind of think evil. I mean, yeah. But then again, I think that might have been just something we've had installed in, in when Western media. When I hear the word media. imperialism, I also think evil. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, so I th- I don't know if we are going to do it. I guess we'll confirm this in the next episode, which will be the finale. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll be a fun one. See what did there. Um, a- another one that I think you might enjoy, uh, history-wise, is I don't know copyright. Uh, and I'd be touching quite a lot on the 1998 yeah. battle of uh, Disney with... Because copyright used to work completely different until Disney changed it. Um, but we will talk about that in that How much do you know about Napster? Napster? Yeah. I don't know too much about Napster because I was a LimeWire guy. But I know about how Napster know, like, changed the, the music game. The legal struggle between Napster and Metallica. Yeah, I've um, heard of it. I'd be interested to find, about, find out more about that because I know a bit about it because I'm a massive Metallica fan. But. Yeah, I'll talk. I, like, we'll do it in the next season of I don't know. They... Anyway, RJ, where were we? Uh, follow up, Podmage. Where were we? <laughs> that is follow at Podmage on Twitter and Instagram. Five star rating. Please do. Um, where were we? Charles VI had gone mad. <laughs> yes. Yeah? Yes, he did. It was a strange syphilitic rage. Um, there was a battle for the regency mm-hmm. between his uncle, Philip the Bold, yes. and Louis of Valois, the Duke of Orléans. Mm-hmm. Uh, o R L E A N S. Yes, it is the city for which New Orleans is named. <laughs> uh, there were numerous plots and assassinations. And by 1410, both sides were assisting English assistance. Yeah. The country who they had been at war with for, you know, 50 years at this point. 63 years. <sighs> Not quite, but yeah. Long time. Also something that happened was yes. the Burgundy Armagnac Civil War. Yes, those are both types of alcohol. <laughs> Burgundy is a wine. Armagnac is a type of cognac, uh, cognac, a brandy. They are named. The drinks are named after these specific regions. Whoa! Yep. Well, well, then again, you got champagne anyway. Quite, named after quite. a place in France for the control of a certain area. Yes, uh, there were massacres of nobility by mobs of peasants, particularly the Duke of Armagnac, and the Burgundians won. That's not something we have to go into detail with, but it is quite relevant to what's going to happen in the third phase of the war because yep. the Burgundians. Uh, were belligerents in that particular war, not on the side of the French. Yes. So, these difficulties did quiet the war for over a decade, and in 1413, Henry IV died, uh-huh. leaving Henry V to reign as king. Uh, Henry V attempted to make use of the political rivalries occurring in France at the time, as you mentioned, uh, and he sent envoys to make clear his intentions on the French throne. Okay. He was straightforward with it. He went... I, I should be the king of France. Give me the the, crown, the, the throne of the, the French crown. And he also said he demanded the hand of Charles VI's daughter, Catherine. He said, and I'll marry your daughter. Or else. <laughs> that is some ballsy shit. What do you think the French did? Said no. Or yes, you are correct. There's literally two outcomes uh, that the I French... expect from history now. That is no or... All right, okay. Yeah, that's literally what history seems to be okay <laughs> oh there's a, three outcomes no okay war yeah no generally leads to war that's the problem <sighs> yes these demands were or refused or stalemate we've obviously. seen a lot of stalemates oh yeah true yeah mm-hmm. these demands were refused obviously and Henry V prepared for war I think he basically wanted to go to war with France gave them completely unacceptable terms and went, yeah right then so, we now come into the third and final phase of the Hundred Years' War. Okay. It's called the Lancastrian phase. 
Now, do you know what Agincourt is? No. If I say the Battle of Agincourt, do you know what it is? No. The Battle of Agincourt is a, a battle of the Hundred Years' War. Okay. It is... I mean, <coughs> we're talking about it, Held so up it makes in sense. Uh, English culture as uh, a time when we defeated all odds and came out on top. Because Henry's campaign was that of pillaging and raiding. He had no intention to fight a pitched battle against the French at this point. Yes. However, he found himself flanked by an immense French force. And against all odds, uh, the English won. And not just, not just won, but it was a near total victory. The French defeat was absolutely catastrophic. I, it, like, this, these, these are the statistics, right? 40% of the French nobility fighting in the battle were killed. Mm-hmm. RJ, there were more French prisoners than there were English soldiers. Now, if you were the if you were the commander of that army and you saw more French prisoners than your soldiers, would you be a bit would you be a bit concerned? I would be. Yeah, King Henry V was too, so he executed all of them. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this is the 15th century, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot. It's of just death and killing, and no wonder population has actually boomed. It's not because of teenage pregnancy and safe sex. It's literally because we stopped slaughtering stopped people. Killing. We yeah. stopped having massive plagues that would wipe a third of the country. Yeah, and Hitler wasn't murdering all the Jews. Yeah, and blacks and gypsies and gays, and that too. Hitler was bad. If you don't know how bad Hitler was, listen to episode one of I Don't Know History. Uh, I'm looking forward to the quiz now, because if I get like all the answers correct, then we can literally end I Don't Know History on I Know History. I Know History now, all of it. Podcast ends. Uh, so Henry <laughs> Henry continued into France yep. with much success, with great success. Um, great success. And, uh, he, was, he forced Charles VI to sign the Treaty of Troyes. T-R-O-Y-E-S, in 1420. Yep. So, he married Charles VI's daughter, Catherine, as he had demanded. Charles VII, or the, the potential Charles VII, who would become Charles VII, the Dauphin, the heir apparent, remember? Yep. The Dolphin, was declared illegitimate, and Henry's sons by Catherine would have inherited the French throne when they were born and ascended to the right age. So, it seems like pretty much done. Yeah. However, he continued almost unabated, and upon his death in 1422, a victory seemed certain. Yes. He did have a son, not by Catherine, but, um, or maybe he did. I don't know, I didn't look it up. Now, do you know one of the most pivotal French figures in history? Napoleon. Another one. A woman. Oh, oh, um, ah, she was... A great. Uh, I'm thinking Jean. I know it's not Jean. Oh, you're not far. Sure. Ah. Uh, uh, can you just give me the first one? The first thing. Joan. Joan of Arc. Joan of, Joan of Arc. Arc. Have you seen that film with? Mio I have and not. I knew where you were going because it's like. Uh, I'm oh, so there's mad. A, there's a brutal scene in the beat. It's quite like a light-hearted like romp through Joan of Arc except for one scene at the beginning actually no it's not it's actually it's completely not it's quite a disturbing film I don't know why I said that at all it's called The Messenger <laughs> it's, it's horrible there's a, there's a really brutal awful scene at the beginning which I won't go into anyway who was Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc was a lady that messed shit up but and uh, before, before, this ha- before all this happened who was she? 
wasn't she? Um, uh, I, 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 I don't confirm me on this. This is me actually giving a guess mm-hmm. out of just what generic stuff that I've heard. Did she work? Not work within a church, but like, was she a yes. nun essentially? Yeah. Her sister was a nun. Yeah, she was basically just a nobody, just yeah. some person. Because um, you don't hear about Joan of Arc prior to her becoming No, she's like, oh, Joan, Joan of Arc, Arc turned up. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, jo- she was a French girl who received visions from God that she, like a message from God that said, you must drive out the English. Okay. Basically. Now, if that happened today, <laughs> like a little boy goes to Afghanistan and goes, oh, you've got to beat ISIS. We go, all right, God tells me we've got to beat ISIS. It'd be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in the 1420s, you know, if someone says that, you go... Oh, God is with us because John of Arc is here. Then again, Donald Trump has said, like, God, God, God is on my side. God is on my side. He's told me we need to build a wall. I mean, pff, half the people don't believe it, but half the people do. <laughs> but French morale was actually lifted by the presence of this strange girl who said she heard voices in her head. Um, or, you know, got messages from God in a place called Chinon. Yep. She beseeched the Dauphin, the uh, sort of n- not official king of France, because um, there was no king of France at the time, because he couldn't be coronated, because Paris and Reims were under English and Burgundian control. Yeah. To allow her to take troops to Orléans, which was under siege from, by the English. Okay. And he went, yeah, okay. Kind of going, eh, it's, let's see. She broke the siege. Mm-hmm. She led the army and broke the siege. The English retreated, but they were chased down and routed by this army, led by, like, a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> um, this allowed the Dauphin to march to Reims and be crowned or coronated as Charles VII. Okay. King of France. At the same time, the young Henry VI, son of Henry, uh, Henry V, was coronated as King of England at Westminster Abbey and as King of France at Notre Dame in Paris. So officially, this yeah. guy was the king of France. Nice. Um, the, as I said, the English had allies in France. The Burgundians, they were called. Burgundy mm. is a region. They held Paris. Yeah. That's why he could be coronated in Notre Dame. And the Dauphin could not be. So an ally of the English holds Paris. Yeah. yeah. In 1430, like, I'm going to just hang on <laughs> before I do that. How how important do you think Joan of Arc was? Uh, I'm not well. She was unimportant before she became Joan of Arc, and mm-hmm. she's become this big figure. But my guess is not that important. It was 1428 when she went to Orleans. Yeah, and in 1430 she was captured by the Burgundians at the siege of Compiègne, uh, which is just just outside Paris. Yeah, she handed over to the English. She was put on trial for heresy, and she was burned at the stake. Yes, I I know this story. So I know this happened, but like the importance of her actions. People believe that um, because of Joan of Arc and because of the atrocities that were committed against Joan of Arc, God was with the French. Yeah. Because after Joan of Arc was killed, the tide of the of the war tilted on its head completely. Yeah. England were winning; they were this close to to winning the war. To win, and we France France would be England now. If That's that weird. France would be England now. France would be essentially what Ireland is now. Yeah, as in like it's off the coast and yeah. it's like people were speaking speaking English with French accents, maybe. Disneyland England. Disney, <laughs> it would be Disneyland Paris, but it would be it wouldn't be Euro. It would just be Disneyland Paris, and France would be going out of the 
Brexit. It like. wouldn't be the Eurostar. It would be Arriva Trains Paris. Oh, God. <laughs> If you don't understand the pain I, of a reaver, you get yeah. I mustn't slander you on on a podcast, so I won't. What you won't sl- slander a reaver? I'm not going to slander a reaver train. I slander them every day on Twitter, mate. Like they're... yeah, but that's you communicate. I with don't them. understand how they won best train operator of the year. No cross they're country fixing the fucking. They've got to be fixing those poles. Cross country trains. I, I, if I, if I, I like, say, no, I, seriously, I went on one recently. Whenever I see a cross I had country. to get um, a train from Cardiff to Newport, mm-hmm. and it's very rare that I need to do that. But I managed to get on one. No, it was Bristol I was going to, um, and I got onto the cross country train, and it was stunning. Whenever I see I a cross country train, lush. I go, ah. Or one of those new fancy Great Western Rail cars. Oh, the green cars. ones. Love yeah, them. I They're like beautiful. Those. If ever I see an Arriva Trains Wales carriage, like trundling <sighs> up to the station, I'm like, ah. Oh, uh, the thing no. is. I well, lived I, in two I, I, areas. Well, it is 28 minutes late. Because <laughs> um, where I used to live was only Arriva Trains. This turned into the Caprage pocket. No, but briefly, uh, where I used to live, it was only Arriva Trains. And it got to the point where it was like every single day, it would be that shitty one. that They, they, they use buses as a heads up. They modify 1970s buses to be trains now. Is that real? Not a joke. That's it's true. serious. They are modified buses. Oh, I didn't know that. They are. They, they, it, it's is that why they look like garbage? And that's why they sound the way they do as well. I'm really glad I had a pop. So we're there. actually talking about history here, so this is actually relevant. But when uh, <laughs> not when I see the ones that basically look like old London Underground um, tubes, um, I go, oh, thank God, it's not the shitty bus. That really says something when I get into Cardiff and I'm like, oh, there's a first train. That's, well, Great Western Rail train. Oh, there's a cross country. Ah. Oh. Oh, a decent Arriva train for once, I guess. I get yeah. mad about Arriva. Continue. Anyway, <laughs> to our French cousins, you can thank Joan of Arc for, for the Hundred Years' War because otherwise you'd have the worst train service in the world. Yeah. As it happens, I think the French train service is pretty good, actually. <laughs> they have the TGV. They just go, you can, you can get from Paris to uh, wherever the fuck in like two hours instead of eight yeah. Anyway, um, if we're gonna make another T-shirt, the other T-shirt should be France. Thank us for your. <laughs> <laughs> thank us for your good trains. Uh, thank us for not having shitty railways. Yeah. Something like that. We'll work on it. Last. Yes. Bit? Okay. In 1430, Joan of Arc was burned at the stake, as I said. Yes. And fortunes turned drastically in France's favor. Uh, Henry VI's advisors all kind of suggested different strategies to continue the war. Yes. Um, no one could really decide on one thing. Uh, neg- they, went, they went to negotiate with France um, about uh, peace and sort of, sort of like a French surrender, but they stalled as the English were unrealistic in their demands, as has happened so many times. Yes. In 1435, probably the turning point, to be honest with you, Philip III, the Duke of Burgundy, yes. the England's English allies, deserted the English and swore fealty to the Charles VII. Returning Paris to the French. Which means that pretty much all of the central conflicts that have been happening between the French and the Burgundians yes. has gone. The English are up top, down the bottom. They don't have enough troops now you or enough time to sort things out. Was the whole this war essentially with because King Charles, obviously. Is this another one of those things of every King Charles has had bad luck? There's a there's a whole um, thing about Yeah, well, Charles the Seventh Spoilers won the Hundred Years' War, so 
Oh, yeah. Not that one. All the English Charles's, King Charles's have, and there's only two so far. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Because I was going to say, you said Charles VII, and I was like, wait, we're not on Some of the yet. Charles's have yeah. had bad luck. In the, some of the French Charles's. Yeah. The, the French are really unoriginal with their king names. There's seven Charles's, there's 15 Louis. I guess it's just tradition, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. But then again, how many... We, we, we go for sequels. We go for sequels, we do. Saying um, that we have had eight Henrys. Eight Henrys, but they're like the Rocky films. <laughs> <laughs> they're very rare, but like they happen. <laughs> We're going to get another one in like ten years called Henry Balboa. <laughs> Prince Harry would be King Henry. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because you fancy up the name a little bit. Well, we've had eight so far, so they'd be nine. Well, so saying that, like a lot, Wait, of, is, is a lot he... of kings take um, just take a name that they've got. Because... Um, King George the Sixth, yeah, King George the Sixth. Um, his name was Albert. Okay. He was Albert, something like Albert David, something George, of the house Windsor Mountbatten, whatever. Yeah. And he went, I'll be, I'll be King George. Cool. He just picked his 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 regnal name. King John. Imagine that. RJ. Yeah. King. Well, there's been two King Johns. I know, but imagine me as King John. How boring do I sound? King Reese. King RJ. King RJ, exactly. King RJ. Emperor RJ. Emperor RJ. Emperor RJ. All right. This, that has been, I don't know, history. We don't find out <laughs> no. how this war ends. We're, done. We're not done. Yes. The French used this calmer period where all the central conflicts kind of resolve themselves to retrain its army into a much more professional force, boosting, boasting, not boosting, boasting the best artillery in the world. The best artillery. The best artillery. artillery. I know, I'm very cold. Cannon bombardments shortened sieges hugely. By 1449, the French had retaken Rouen in Normandy, which was held by the English. Yes. At the Battle of Castillon in 1453, widely regarded by most as the last battle of the war. After a prolonged conflict in Gascony, English-held territory, the last English holdings, French artillery was too much for the English forces and the battle was definitively won. There we go. Though France and England remained formally at war for 20 more years, <laughs> uh, England was in no, no position to continue. The discontent among English landowners who had lost their holdings on the continent was a large factor in the outbreak of the War of the Roses. Because oh, yeah. you think about that, like all the rich landowners own land in Normandy and Gascony and France. Yeah. And now it's like, no, the French have it now, too bad. And it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to re- recompense us? And they're like, no. No, you don't. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And that's it, is it? Is that, that... There were kind of slightly more prolonged conflicts. The Burgundians um, became belligerents again against the French and fought in another war in the 1470s. Um, and nearly restarted the war because the English nearly joined that war again, but they were too busy dealing with the civil war that happened. Yeah. And, you know, not doing that. So the significance of the War of the Roses is huge right because it started the anglo-french rivalry that persisted until the 20th century or even today if you if you will yeah you think about um remember in the world war one episode i talked to you about the uh, the the entente cordiale roughly yeah the, i remember of, that funny when name. the french and english went yeah we'll be friends now because oh, yeah. everyone thought ah, they're not going to be friends because 400 years prior they killed each other thousands of thousands of times <laughs> do you know what i mean so, imagine yeah. the people that died for that looking at it now like what mm. Um, the French language was completely removed from the English national identity because prior to the Hundred Years' War, French was kind of like the language of the upper classes. Everyone in England spoke French. 
If you were posh, you spoke French. And that is why, my friend, uh, we still retain certain words in uh, English. Oh, like genre and... Like what? Wait, wait. that's why we retain certain French words, like Like genre. uh, Yeah, genre, pâté, uh, malaise. Mayonnaise. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Raison d'etre, mise en scène. Yeah, well, that um, one's just, that's because well, I wouldn't really say mise en scène. And to be fair, maybe genre as well, unless it was with books as well. But mise en scène uh, is a cin- cinema thing. So I would say cinema. Cinema, but the thing is, the French made a massive cinema revolution. So cinema, we adopted word, their words because they were the ones that revolutionized it. Well, yeah, it's true. like you know, computer used to mean people who would type into a calculator essentially and work out they would compute whereas now it's like um we imagine a computer as a laptop and with a screen uh, that connects to the internet kind of thing where that's yeah. all changed because the revolution that happened oh it's very cold yeah it is the uh, the other thing that sort of cha- uh, changed with the hundred years war i'm nearly done actually is the uh well, it introduced artillery into sieges. It reduced the impact of heavy cavalry. Uh, there was the disintegration of the feudal system. Remember we talked about the feudal system? The, feu- the, the feudal... Fe- si- in the 1066 episode, we talked about the feudal system. Wherein mm-hmm. um, peasants were uh, uh, in the service of knights who were in the service of barons who were in the service of the king. And there was a, a great, like a ladder system for tax. Yeah. That, started, that, that went away. And as I said at the beginning of this podcast, it changed England's stances on wars. Gone were the days of, I, want, I fancy being king of this place as well. Let's go over there. Well, you start to wage wars with some economical significance and not in the national interest. You'd only declare a war with you know, not the best means if you could get something out of it. Which is something that still persists today. And I think there's, you know, there's a huge amount of culture that exists because of it. Like, as I said, the English still consider, like, Agincourt. They talk about the Battle of Agincourt as the time when the English won. Yeah. The English-French rivalry is still going strong, in the Six Nations, particularly. England and France really care about that. Well, yeah, England and France really care about that match. The Wales-England game, England kind of care about not as much as the Welsh do. It's kind of, it's, it's just the way it works. There's always the bigger one that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Wales doesn't like England, England doesn't like France. That has been a slightly extended version. How long have we gone? We have gone for an hour and 20 minutes so far. A slightly extended version of the I Don't Know History podcast. Yeah, the penultimate episode. If you've enjoyed the I Don't Know History podcast, thank you. (laughs) Um, I put a lot of effort into this because, you know, after the next episode, it might be going away. So you'll still get your format you'll still be getting exactly what we do you may not be hosting all the time yeah i know but um, like i don't know history was kind of very much like my kind of pet project yeah so it'll still be it'll oh, still no, be i, I still understand, understand that but it's just where, it. where it all started so thank you for listening if you all have right. been listening this and, all started uh, because one day on cup raj i asked you to come around and compare donald trump uh, and the whole neo-nazi situation I that was happening last that. year and uh and uh, the Nazis of yesterday year. Compare the two things, and then we did the test episode. Uh, well, actually, we recorded it, and I was like, "Nah, let's re-record this as an actual episode about World uh, World War Two, mm. which is the first episode of I don't know anything about history." Yeah. 
So this all and here we are, twelve yeah. episodes later. Yeah, whole season in. Alrighty, and I'm excited for the quiz now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to Pod to Pod subscribe to Podmage. Check out Podmage.com. Um, uh, follow at Podmage. Yeah. If you liked RJ's voice, you can listen to Couple RJ. Subscribe I'm on there here. A lot. Find out the next episode. Um, yeah, and we'll have everything ready for you. And thank you. Next time, I quiz RJ. See you then. Um, this episode of the I Don't Know History was recorded on. No. <laughs> you stopped recording, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's still recording. Um, Farty okay. bum wank. <laughs> I'm very glad I, I actually I'm not even sure I can keep that in. Cut that out. We keep we keep these episodes non-explicit apparently. Bollocks, they all say E. Oh there we are, farty bomb wanks. <laughs> <laughs>